talking Dice Masters, the beauty of the underlying mechanics, the hidden complexities, and the strategy, tactics, and decisions of competitive play. If you're just starting the game or have been here since the first set, hopefully you'll find something in this show that'll do you some good. So shake up your bag, reconnoiter your opponent, and get ready to roll. This episode, we're going to be diving into analysis of the North American One Big Weekend Corona Consolation Tournament that took place on the 16th of May. I know True Mr. Six and Andy have done some coverage of the European event, and I'm assuming the Dice Masters United folks will do the same. But today, we're going to get into the events that transpired over on this side of the Atlantic. But before we do that, some thanks are definitely in order. God hours. First off, we'd like to thank the CR Game Room crew, especially Ryan, for all the technical support before, during, and after the event. And also, we want to thank the guys for streaming on the day and following it up by posting the matches up to YouTube. We also want to thank True Mr. Six for being our eyes and ears in Europe and keeping the trains running on schedule. And also, everyone who streamed on the day, including on the North American side, our first volunteer, Ross Foster from the Weekly Dice Arena, as well as Jordo from DM North, who was doing the difficult multitasking chore of streaming and simultaneously playing, and the CR Game Room crew. And on the European side, a big shout-out goes to TJ, Houston Oliban, who was streaming his games on his Friday night clickstream, as well as James Bloor from Dice Masters United, who was recording his games as well. We also want to thank all of those involved in helping prize the event, including Jordo with the custom basic action indicator cards, which should be arriving shortly, Ryan with the Gilmax token dice, and Jimmy from WizKids, who generously donated some of the promos our finalists will soon be receiving. Lastly, we want to thank everyone for coming out and rolling. We had a fantastic turnout in the mid-30s that turned a few heads, and hardly anybody dropped, which says a lot about the community. So I'm of the opinion that it was a very successful day of Dice Masters. And you know me, I judge success in these events by whether fun was had, and I'm hearing and hoping that everyone had a great time. To the top four and raffle winners, I have all your packages ready to ship. I'm just waiting on the last of the custom cards to arrive from the printers. There's some really cool Corona Consolation Tournament basic action indicator cards that Jordo designed specifically for the event. As soon as those show, I'll pop everything in the mail. Shall we spill the news? Yeah, let's do it. Jimmy O'Brien from WizKids reached out to us recently and asked if we'd be interested in running a Dice Masters event on the weekend when Origins would have transpired. And as huge fans of Origins and Dice Masters, of course we said yes. We're still working out the logistics, but WizKids is going to prize this event. And we'll have more details on that shortly. And Ryan and the CR Game Room guys have agreed to join forces with us again to help make this an even more successful event than the OBW CCTs. So mark your calendar for Saturday, June the 20th. I'm thinking we'll start around noon Eastern Standard Time. That's 9 a.m. for us on the Pacific. But that'll give our European friends the opportunity to join the event as well. And as far as the format is concerned? This one's going to be straight up modern constructed. No bands. So bring your A-game, if you so choose, and be ready to face the big uglies. Hopefully everyone can maintain the jovial and amicable spirit that we've come to expect from Dice Masters events, 
even though we have more substantial prizing this time. We should point out that there's no official titles being awarded for this event. No, other than the pride of winning the Roland Thunder Origins event and the bragging rights that come therein. Anything else unique about this event that we should mention? Well, the biggest difference here is because it's an online event and because we're planning on prizing it, we're going to have to be sending out prizing literally around the world, which is going to cost something. I've always absorbed those costs for the other events, but the expenses are going to be significantly higher with this event, what with the cost of prizing and shipping, and we'd like to support the Origins Game Fair as well. So all this is to say that we're going to have to charge an entry fee for this one. We want to keep it as small as possible to cover our costs, and we're planning on donating any leftover funds to Origins itself. But at this point, we're not exactly sure of the precise dollar amount that the entry fee is going to be, but we'll announce it shortly. I'm announcing this without having all the details dialed in yet so that people can save the date and start building and testing their teams. Speaking of building and testing, maybe we should get into some of the team analysis from the OBWCCT. I should start out this discussion by mentioning that Bruiser Bodie from our WWE episode... Season 2, episode 9, which you can find at rollingthunder.xyz forward slash 209 for season 2, episode 9. Thank you very much. <laughs> wrote a couple of articles breaking down the numbers of the cards played in both the North American and the European events. You can find links to those articles in this episode's show notes at rollingthunder.xyz forward slash 213 for season 2, episode 13. Or you can access them from our homepage at rollingthunder.xyz. No apostrophe, no G. On Gostamowak. Call me Cool Hand Lucan. My galore. Anyway, the boys from the Ministry of Dice also went into a little analysis of this on their latest episode, so give that a listen. But the first thing that jumped out to me, especially in terms of the differences between North America and Europe, was the number of Nihilors. In North America, eight people were playing Nihilor. Five were playing the Patient Aberration, the sidekick-stealing one, and three were playing Plotting, the one that takes control of a lower-leveled character. But zero people in Europe ran Nihilor. The first thought that jumps to mind is that there must have been a ton of Hope Rachels on the North American side, and there were five Rachels on the day, but that still leaves three teams running Nihilor without Rachel for other reasons. In fact, our overall winner, Ian, was running a Hope Rachel team, but it was interesting and probably worthy of an entire episode's worth of discussion to look at the differences in the Hope Rachel teams that were built, from Ian building around Jubilee Wandra, to Troy employing Domino, not really a party girl, to Jordo using the Jubilee Jubilation Lee, uh, to M. Brewer combining it with Iceman. There was a lot of variety there. There was a lot of variety on the day as a whole. I mean, Spug brought a really cool Legion of Doom team, and Reg brought a Logan Grimnar team. For sure. There was some grousing about some of the bands that we put out there, but I think they helped achieve the goal of getting people to not only join the event, but to bring a variety of teams. Maybe it's time we get into talking about some of those teams in detail. Right you are, Mahara. As is our custom, when we do these very special event coverage episodes, we invite onto the show the top two finishers to discuss their run through the tournament. First off, we'd like to welcome to the show a top eight finalist from the 2019 World Championship Finals, the author and creator of Southern Fried Dice which you can find in the link to our show notes. And now, the winner of the North American OBWCCT, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Ian! 
Ian finished at the top table today running a Rachel Hope team that we're going to get into the details on specifically. And I also want to welcome from the great white north, a perennial finalist in many an online event, an essential element from the Dice Masters North crew, the technician of tokens, the merc with a mouth, the almighty alt art illustrator, Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Rich Sims. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, it's a real pleasure to have both of you here, and congratulations for uh, really a great showing all day long. It was fun to see both of your teams, and they look so different on paper and just how they're played, and it really reflects some of the things that make the game great, you know, the individual playing styles that people bring to the game. So I think it'll be fun to have you on tonight. Thank you. Excited about it. All right. Well, Reg, let's start with you. I've got your team out in front of me. So for no other reason than I'm lazy like that, <laughs> let's start with you. And let's talk about your team a little bit. Can you go over it for the listeners out there? And then let's break it down and talk about the Genesis and all that. Absolutely. So I know you've had it prepared this uh, tournament for a while. And I know I originally was supposed to be away fishing that weekend. And it was Tuesday. <laughs> the COVID-19 canceled it. And uh, that's when I said, okay, I'm going to try to put together a team. And I know you banned Becky. And I looked at that saying, well, Becky was broken anyways. <laughs> and that's when I came across a card that was similar to Becky, which I think she should be at the six or seven cost. And I went to the Logan Grimnar. Yeah. And of course, I always try to be a little bit creative with it. I noticed all the pieces were there. And I just said, well, let's see how good Logan would be. I know Becky would wipe a table with, you know, you can prep her, buy her cheap, whatever. So I went with Logan and all the pieces were there. I had to lose a lot of control, which I'm sure I can get into about my team to get the ramping, to get Logan bought cheap and early. I had no idea what he was going to be like. It was Tuesday night and it was supposed <laughs> to submit. It was between that or an Iceman team I had. <laughs> and I looked at it and I said, you know what? Why not? So I decided to put on some wrestlers on it. And I said, I'm going to change Logan to an Andre the Giant, I called him. <laughs> so I ran Andre the Giant. I was expecting to see a few more of those. I didn't want to go with the Deadpool that did the overcrush because it was cheaper. I said, let's go full boat onto the Logan Grimnar. <laughs> cool. So so he came on and, and he first game I played against a couple Iceman teams and I was very surprised on, on how he did and how fast he was actually in the tournament. Well, that's really, really cool. So really it was like, let's pull Becky out and then let's analyze what the meta is. What other cards that you saw? Was it Jerry and Booker T that made you think overcrush is the way to go here or, or was there well, anything yeah, else? Right. Like when I went to the tournament, the, the cards that I was looking against was going to be static field. Mm -hmm. And I thought static field, Kate Bishop was going to be a big thing. And I also thought Iceman was going to be something. So I know um, I had to have Eddie. He was my one control piece. I know I needed was Eddie to stop the static field. Booker T and Jerry Lawler were my two cards. So I, I lost the walk with Elias. I lost a lot of the ramp. So I know I needed to have some ramp. So I needed the Professor X was on the team. I know I need to spin down if I had a sidekick because turn two, I was rolling five dice, I think. So right. I needed the sidekick spun down. So Xanathar was put on there. Cree Captain was to get him cheap. I just had the two cost Cree Captain. And then I was looking at it and I said, well, I need three more cards. And I always put a, an anchor on myself when I play in tournaments. So uh, last year I, I played a fish lat team, but I said, I'm going to bring back four cards I had from last year's team. So Cree Captain was there, Professor X version. I had Black Widow, and I said, let's throw a Dreadnought. So I could have gone Control, but I needed a, an alternate win con. So I threw Dreadnought on for range. I knew that was going to be horrible against an Iceman team. Right. And then I had, it was between Black Widow or the uh, Scott Hall. 
and I knew I wasn't going to roll too many bolts. So I went with Black Widow. She's an alternate win con. She can buff up Logan. And that was it. So then I had one card left, and it was – sorry, I had Intellect Devourer as well to do the uh, the spin downs. Uh, it was Xanathar to prep. And then I had one card for control, and it was really between Eddie or Isrid Horn. And the more and more I thought about it, I said, I think Eddie's the one I needed. Isrid Horn will help me in some games, but Eddie would help me against all globals. With the Isrid-Eddie debate, at first blush, you'd think Eddie just removes all problems, which can be very, very helpful. But then when you have this one overcrusher that you want to smash through with, and you want that character to be blocked. If you have to attack with Eddie too, it gives them the opportunity to block Eddie instead of Logan in this case. Was that ever an issue for you or was just his stats big enough on their own that it didn't really become too much of a problem? I, I think I didn't really attack unless I had that one turn kill ready to go with Logan. Got so it. it was more if they attack, that's fine. They can still take all the damage from the other. And, and it, it, was, it worked out pretty well. I mean, I went in thinking everyone was not going to build against Becky because she was banned. Yep. So I had that. That was my window of opportunity that I can run Logan. I didn't think I was going to see a lot of the anti-Becky stuff. I thought people would be going against Iceman, some Jubilee builds. I thought were going to be a big X-Men Jubilee, yeah. not with Hope and Nyla Lore. But yeah, I, and I said, I, I went for mm -hmm. more of the fun. I, if I could go back and do things, I would have taken off Professor X. And again, I had zero practice I did with his team. Like my Becky dice are still <laughs> in their bags in the rest, in the wrestling box. I never even brought her out. So, so I had zero practice. And I was like, okay, I just don't want to see Iceman or Static Field. Right. And I think eight of my nine games, I went against Static Field or Kate. And I ran against two Iceman teams in the top five and Ian in the, the first five matches. So wow. it was it was straight fire I went in. And uh, <laughs> if I could go back, it, it probably would be Professor X because I'm giving my opponent ramp. And a lot of people had Walk with Elias. So I, I really didn't need Professor X. Yeah. And I could have thrown like an Isrid Horn. But again, if I was to replay my first five matches, I'd probably go one and four. That's, that's how close the matches were. Yeah. Logan came out. He was just the right combination came for me. Oh, that's awesome. That's a fun day at Dice Masters. You know, that first match against Steven, I think was your first match, right? That's, that's on stream and worth seeing if anybody gets a chance. We'll throw the link in the show notes at rollandthunder.xyz forward slash 213 for season two, episode 13. Did I get right that time? You sure did. No, you had a question, right? <laughs> I did have a question. So I was wondering, did Black Widow with the Taunt Global ever come into conflict with Booker T, who has the force block to negate your force attack to get rid of whatever you didn't want in their field? Or I thought I thought it was going to, and that's when I was like in my head going, I hope he doesn't see that. And <laughs> there was a couple. I mean, the one that I think the most was I played a game four against Ryan, Raw Travel, mm -hmm. and he had a Lita Fishlat team. Yeah. And when he started coming out, I was like, damn, he's going to smoke me with this. And he missed his two Black Widow rolls. But then on my turn, I forced Lita to block. And that's how I wanted to knock out his Lita for next turn. The whole time thinking he could just static field back my stuff because he had static field. And he didn't do it. He didn't keep a mask. And that, that would have killed me because then Lita would have been there. He would have had his ramp and I'd be dead. Right. But, but really, no one used the force block against me. Really, I, I mean, it was pretty smooth. It was Logan went out so fast in turn two that it kind of put the Iceman teams kind of back going, oh, I can hit him for six, but then I'm going to get hit for a lot. You know, my opponents were, you know, sitting there going, wow, he's got some big stuff coming. And then the next turn I buy a Dreadnought or something. It's like, and, and the way I was ramping, <laughs> like I could Xanathar twice in, in the two turns and a Professor X, I was rolling Logan if he hit the next turn. So 
It was, again, surprisingly fast. You probably could practice it and you won't make Logan work. I mean, <laughs> it just, it just, it rolled just right. And everyone's gonna be like, try Logan. And they're like, sucks compared to Becky. And, and it's true. It, it does. I mean, Becky would have, would have given me two other control pieces and, and but, it would have been different. But I want to salute you. You were the only one to play Logan Grimmar and on style points alone and style points should be awarded for these things. Reg, you get style points for running Logan, especially by calling him Andre on top of it, who, you know, if you ever saw Andre in person, who I did, it, it's one of these weird things. There's a couple of times where I've seen people kind of in the periphery of my vision as real people. And usually your mind registers, you know, the shape of something as a human being or dog or cat or something. My mind just registered mountain. When I saw Shaq and I saw Andre, the two of them, both of them, I kind of like walked past and then did like this double take and looked back. I mean, he was such a huge, huge man. So I salute you for playing Andre the Giant slash Logan Grinmar. Oh, yeah. It was a complete tribute to Andre, too, because, I mean, I've seen – you've seen the movies with him and The Prince's Bride and all those movies. And yeah. and then you see the documentary. He's, like, one of the nicest guys apparently was in the world. And, like, he'd go out to the bar and he'd drink, like, 36 beers while people were drinking, like, two. And, like, the stories you hear about him, that he was just an incredible person. So one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And I really wish they had a card. So, so yeah. that was my salute to him. Rumor um, was that he was in the set and there was some legal thing that kept him out. And hopefully if they do a second set, he'll be in it. You know, one thing you mentioned that I want to highlight real quick is you said you played both Iceman teams, or I should say two Iceman teams, because I think Brooks was the third Iceman team, but he didn't, he had to drop for family reasons. So mm-hmm. uh, you had the uh, misfortune, I guess, even though you, you came out victorious of having to play two of them. I know Steven was one, and I think M. Brewer was the other, and I think both of those are on stream if people are interested in looking at, we'll, we'll get to those matches as we go down the pike here. Okay. I was going to say, cause I go through them all, but yeah. And, and again, it's, it's, it was the next turn I would have been dead against Icemans. So. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So that's your team real old school. I like the fact that it's got, you know, the force block, you know, just combat damage, lots of prepping, and, and it has to get to the attack step. I mean, one of the things I guess we should really talk about here is, you know, I can't think of too many other times in the history of the game where being able to exploit the delineation between the main step and the attack step has led to such tangible results as what we saw in the North American OBW CCT. A lot of teams are winning in the attack step, and, you know, yours is one of them, right, Reg? And mm-hmm. let's switch over to Ian's team now, which he cleverly built to win in the main step and stop people from getting to the attack step or, or am I getting ahead of myself? Ian, let's, let's talk to chop with your team. If you would. Yeah. You want me to uh, break it down or yeah, break it down and, and talk about the Genesis of it. how did you, how'd you come to it and all that? Okay. Honestly, Jubilee, I, I like her on all versions and she was, I really wanted to just brew a Jubilee team and everybody was doing Jubilation Lee. What, you know, when she attacks, plus one for each other bolt die. Right. And I mean, that's, that's an awesome card. And I played around with her myself for a while and it's just, you get them all out and it doesn't matter if somebody saved masks or not. I mean, it's just over. She's immediate, but I figured people are doing that and I don't like doing what everybody else is doing. I'll bow to it sometimes (laughs) if I need to. I think I stole somebody's collector team at worlds, but uh, I'd rather not. And Charlie and I, we talked about the other one that when you feel the bolt character, I think deal of damage, and so he'd kind of brewed around with something like that. And nobody was, hadn't heard anybody talking about this one. And so I said, well, let's, let's give it a shot. So yeah. uh, this is uh, 
Jubilee Wandra when field to deal two damage to target opponent or character. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, okay, let's let's build with it. Yawning Portal, I figured I'm trying to field dice as much as possible, so why not get a bonus off of that? And after that, I really wasn't sure what to do. Nihilorx, I knew I needed to KO her, just so even if I couldn't buy more of her, I could at least be KOing her every turn and refielding her. Right. I know you went with Patient Aberration, and he's the one that grabs control of all the sidekicks. Did you think about choosing the other one? What was your thought process in between those two? I did, and honestly, I went with this one because I I knew people like to put sidekicks out just so Mm -hmm. they can have some sort of blockers, and I figured people would probably still be trying to put them out there, and... I knew I was probably never going to buy a Nihilor, right. but if it came down to it, maybe I could snatch a few out of the field and have enough to go through for lethal. Got it. Okay. I really did. I did think about the other one, though. I was back and forth with him because I was thinking, man, what if he's got something out there? Um, <laughs> that that one character that can just put me on hold and I, I just, whatever, for that reason, I, I just went through uh, with this one. Yeah, it's interesting because I looked at the team lists um, and uh, and kind of doing the math and by the way Bodie did an excellent breakdown on, on all mm-hmm. of the characters played over the weekend but overall in North America there were eight Nylors played which was right up there there were eight clay faces and eight Nylors now most of the people played the one you played here five of the eight played the sidekick grabbing patient aberration mm-hmm. but there were three people who also chose plotting as well and you know they both have their merits if you have to reach for them in a pinch yeah. right although I, I i don't want to seem irreverent to the nihilors or anything but it might be one of those things like with uh, professor x back in the day where people would bring the common even though it's empirically worse than the rare but you're probably <laughs> not going to buy either of them anyways you know right. it, although the nihilor is better than professor x like to actually reach for although still if you've got six or seven it almost might be a better investment just to hard buy rachel summers so that you can have something that stays in the field instead of like hope summers who is yeah. with the small defense a little bit more inconsistent but even back in the day though you know even that professor x if you had a stat flip that could turn surprisingly aggressive even so the rare was still better <laughs> for sure, <laughs> for well, sure well, but... what is it that peter says dragging cows out of the moat fair enough let's get back so we, we were down to dialer what else we got on the team here Ian? sorry uh, uh so kitty pride and yep. honestly i've been back and forth to kitty pride and trying to remember why i cannot remember why i took her off i think Hmm. maybe i had her with the other jubilee and it just wasn't really helping the flow when i had a rejubilation lee and so then i was i was thinking and i was just going back and forth of stuff and then i listened to dm united and they were it was the episode where they were breaking down some of the meta teams out there and i remember ben talking about that kitty pride with jubilation lee and somebody else i was like you know let's let's just revisit that and it really once I, I don't think I was looking at Hope and Rachel in my first iteration of Jubilee. And when I went this route, I don't think I ever revisited Kitty Pride. And so when I came back to it, it just made too much sense not to. Got it. And just for our listeners out there, it's the Winfielded non-Kitty Pride X-Men characters cost two less to purchase. Correct. And so you were using both Yawning Portal and Kitty Pride, both Mastermind and Static Field. Do you, in in retrospect, still think that doubling down on both of these aspects of your team was a good idea and you would do it again? Um, Mastermind, I think definitely would do it again. Although I found out mid-game with Reg, uh, one of our games, that I, Mastermind didn't work quite like I thought he did. Mm-hmm. Misunderstanding of what combat was. And uh, so that, that kind of changed my mind. I might go a different route with him. Or I might put something else there, but uh, he uh, he takes no damage during combat. And for some reason, that was registering in my brain as the combat step, but uh, combat being when the character's engaged. So 
a little misread there on my part, but he still, I didn't, I didn't have to purchase him a whole lot. So when I did use him for the most part, he came through and helped me out. But uh, Reg was able to um, use Venable Dreadnought against him in one game. It's interesting. We'll we'll get into all the specifics of that. And maybe you're right about that, Ian. There was a lot of talk previously about the variations of Mastermind versus Joppa and some of the other characters yeah. and about which were the best. And we kind of hashed it out a long time ago that at least at this point, we've put in a question to the rules forum. You know, we haven't heard an answer yet on it, but mm-hmm. right now we're looking at it as if it was that old while this character is engaged. And it makes perfect sense. Like to me, I looking back at it, that is definitely in my mind, that's the correct ruling. But again, and I've been wrong before, so yeah. it might be, it might be the other way. We'll time will tell, yeah. but uh, uh, honestly, knowing WizKids, time probably won't tell, <laughs> but the question's <laughs> out there. And so the uh, second half of your question, Luke, and yeah, Yawning Portal and Kitty Pride, yeah, I'd, I'd still double down on them. Um, I might would change maybe my purchase order there and when I purchased what, but um, definitely would still include both of them. The, the great thing about Yawning Portal is when it characters feel free on no matter which Yawning Portal you're using. And so the idea with this one, this is the one where you prep a die when you field a non-sidekick character. I made the mistake in that most of the guys I playtested had Atlas. Mm -hmm. So that was allowing me on my first turn, I could buy a character. Second turn, I could buy Yawning Portal, Walk of Elias, and Prep. And the way that all worked out, I was able to put Yawning Portal and Kitty Pride in the bag at the same time, have three dice prepped already, be drawing those two with two more sidekicks. And so turn three, I was rolling a Kitty Pride, a Yawning Portal, five sidekicks, and that ability to field Kitty Pride for free was going to leave me all the energy I needed. And then she was going to discount all those X-Men and I was going to get to prep one as long as I rolled the awning portal. Right. And you can hear the, the gigantic moan that happens if that kitty doesn't roll on that roll. Oh right? yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> but on the, on the flip side, that's at least one more energy, maybe two. So right. I can kind of still make up a little ground there if I need to. Sure. But, and um, it, it, it gave your one mask as well. Yeah. yeah. Which, which really <laughs> helped out <laughs> in your game. Right. Yeah. And, and it, it, that, it, that can kind of be said of any ramp piece. While I like to hate on mimic for never rolling mm-hmm. it's not statistically any better or worse for rolling than any other ramp piece same goes mm-hmm. for kitty pride you know right yeah. and so speaking of mimic it seems like mimic was the last piece you had on this team do you want to talk about that a little I, bit uh yeah so honestly i had uh the non-band god catcher originally mm-hmm. because when i built the team this was pre uh becky lynch band so uh, i was honestly expecting to see some of that coming through and uh, man she's brutal and I was struggling with her on every, especially that four cost just coming in through the, it just comes out so quick. It's like, well, I can get that God catcher sitting. If I can get one of them out pretty quickly and I can probably keep pace on the God catchers as he can with Becky Lynch. So uh, that's what I had. And then you banned it. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be facing an overcrushed <laughs> Becky Lynch anymore. Right. So I could maybe swap this out. And I was having trouble. I had several games where I was having trouble getting masks. And so I said, well, what, what can I benefit? What, what's got a mass that I can benefit from? And I was going through and I was like, well, that mimic is, it's a mask and it's an X-Man. I can, I can discount it. I can roll it and field it and trigger hope, or I can copy something beneficial. Maybe he's got something big out that I could copy. And if I'm lucky and we both roll characters. And so it was just, it seemed like a, a good choice all around there. Yeah, you know, it's such I'm looking at your team and it's got it's such a spectacularly defensive team in terms of its setup and then it'll slowly grind you down, you know, because mm-hmm. that level of mask you can 
you know, ideally you're going to use the Nylor Global to KO one of your X-Men, trigger the Rachel slash Hope, and reset the board, and then hopefully real feed some more Jubilees to do some damage. But say they Istrid you, and they turn off your Nylor, you have that backup level of protection of using those masks yeah. for static field, which gives you that extra, you know, extra layer deep of protection, which is unusual and, and, and a nice feature of team building, I think, that deserves kind of a call out. Yeah. I will say this team, like just that Jubilee, if that's what you're trying to do, you really just, you can spend the rest of your team playing defense and it's, it worked out really well. Cool. So did, did Intellect Devourer and Clayface who are floating around a lot help you out with like that whole mask game so that every oh, single man. turn? My first game, uh, the guy I played my first game had both and um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it worked really well. Well, speaking of your first game, while we're on that, why don't we jump into your first game and then we'll jump over to Reg's because we're, we've got such a nice segue. I can't pass okay. that up. Yeah. <laughs> so who was your first opponent, Ian? I played Scoot. Ah, right. Scoot was running an overcrushing Thanos team. He was going for that eight cost Thanos, yeah. prove love for Lady Death overcrush. You know, doubles the overcrush. But then he had a lot of controlly pieces like Scarecrow, Choose Poorly, Blob, big talking clown that keeps your opponent from buying or fielding two cost characters. Yeah. But like you said, he had Clayface in the thing, which could help you, and he had Atlas. Uh, so how did this one go? He also had Supreme Intelligence. So uh, this one, uh, it went well for me all the way through. Like I, I didn't have perfect God rolls, but I had good rolls, and he did not, unfortunately. I mean, it. it I see. I, he had Atlas. So like I explained earlier, I was able to turn three. I was rolling seven dice. I got Kitty Pride. Uh, I got Yawning Portal, and then I was just I had had bolts. I was able to buy a Jubilee. I clay faced it over, bought two more Jubilees. It it just really worked very well. Yeah, and I think I saw this one on the stream, and it seemed like he got his bag a little clogged, but finally got up and got the Thanos. But yeah. I don't think it did. It ever come out, or if it did, you were it, able to just it hope came it out. out. But uh, he didn't have uh, he didn't have an Eddie, so I, I was able to static field all day long. Right. Um, while he did have an Istrid, and he did field it a few times, uh, like you said a little while ago, I had it was an either or scenario for me. I could either static field or I could do Hope Rachel, and he just it, it was didn't really have what he needed there. Interesting. And he he did get uh, Scarecrow. But he missed it the first time around. Right. And by the time he got it out, I think I had already bought four of my Jubilees. Right. And <laughs> right. And then you just Rachel and, and, and got rid of it and then bought whatever else you needed to, to you know, was sort of an insult to injury thing there yeah, at that point. Yeah, it right? was just, yeah. He, uh, <laughs> and I, I will say that, that that was a team we played against. Um, one of our guys built a Thanos team and ran it for a few weeks. And uh, I knew I had a little bit of time um, right. just because that eight, now, even if you try discounting, that eight cost is still just a little bit difficult to reach for. Yeah, he was running the uh, Atlas City and Stronghold that you can move all your dice from your reserve pool back to your prep area. And yeah. sometimes that can get you there. I mean, I've seen, I've played a version of this team, which it's fun, but it's it's definitely risky. You know, uh, Jezco, I think, was one of the original pioneers of this team. And when that Thanos shows up in turn three, you know, it's kind of like Reg was talking about with Logan Grenmar. You can hear the gulp across the yeah. world from your opponent you know but, but unfortunately for scoot he wasn't able to get to that thanos no soon and enough when to he do missed anything. his first couple turns there like I, I knew at that point just from play testing against it i knew the pacing and i knew what he had and it sounds really cocky of me but at, at that point i i was pretty comfortable i right. knew i was going to have to start rolling horribly and that while well, that possibility was out there even if i rolled horribly i knew i still had 
options. Like I said, since he didn't have both Eddie and Israel, I knew I could, I'd probably be okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Reg, let's, let's shift gears here and, and talk about your first matchup and how things went. I know it was against DM Armada. And by the way, both of these matches are on stream. Hopefully they'll be linkable right now. I've been watching them on Twitch, but by the time this comes out, I'll, I'll put any links that exist in the show notes. So maybe so, link at maybe links in the show notes at rollandthunder.xyz forward slash 213. It's my job to say these things. I think like so, seven of my nine matches got streamed or something on the day. Yeah. Um, so the opposite of Ian, I had zero practice with uh, Logan. And uh, so I, I was the first game and I look across and I see he's got Iceman. He had a lot of control. He had static field. And I was like, all right, so I can't go Iceman Dreadnought. This is not going to help. And he had the Iceman one team, of course, where he pings himself and he takes one. So, uh, you know, I did a couple practice rolling before we started the tournament and I couldn't get Logan bot turn two, like in all my practices. So here I was first game, <laughs> turn one, I go first and I'm like, okay. Hey, buy an Eddie because I know I'll need that. And then I prep Xanathar. So the five dice came turn two and I was like, oh crap, I got two fists and a shield. Oh, I can do this. <laughs> and you know, I, I do my hold exactly as it was planned, intellect devour down to get the shield or whatever I needed. I'm like, I'm just going to buy a Logan Grimnar, no problem. And Steven bought it. He went and bought his Iceman, did the, the straight, you know, going for damage. But I think when he looked, there was one turn, he had like six bolts and it's like, well, he could kill, kill me with 12 damage, but he'll take six knowing there's a Logan probably coming next turn. And he sat back and said, I think doing the 12 damage, he was like, I'll do two and, and see what happens. And, and it was like chip damage he did. And I think there was one turn I was down to like 12 life and I was like, okay, he gets a six, I'm dead. And I think I used a one to knock out one of his sidekicks. So mm-hmm. he could only do like nine yeah. or something. And it was like, it was one point again, it was like this, we were both kind of like stalling each other out in the stream. When you watch that, man, it was actually really well. First game in practice for it was perfect. And yeah, I pinged out one of his sidekicks that he mm-hmm. could have spun down. It would have been, I think, the lethal. It was. And, yeah. That that was an interesting moment too, because I could hear Steven literally <laughs> kicking himself as soon as he passed priority because he, he could have spun that down. I think he could have spun that down yeah. right away before yeah. he passed, and which would have given him the win, right? Are yeah, you... it's a weird thing. When I, I'm doing the math going, he's got 12 damage on the board. How the heck can I get this down to You're less right. than 12? And then I was like, wait, <laughs> and it, it sounds weird, but I'm going to take a damage so you can only hit me for 10, and I'll still have one life. And then you yeah. know, hopefully I can roll a Logan. And then sure enough, the next turn I, I rolled Logan. And I mean, again, he would have had Iceman the next turn if it rolled and just and just wipe me out the next turn. But it was one of those things where it's like, okay, let's buy fire. You know, I just brought the car right out onto the road and first time for a drive and it rolled perfect <laughs> that game against Steven. And, and it, it seemed like I was a good pilot, but I had no idea. I was about two whiskeys down in, in that match <laughs> at, you know, one o'clock and I'm going, this is going to be a good drinking day. I yeah. was thinking, cause I'm like three games. I'm going to be hammered by the end of it. it it's interesting. <laughs> Both of you guys are piloting really well. It's if you get a chance to watch this game, it's really worth watching. I know Steven's already put this one up, so I definitely will link to this one. And it is a really great example of how Dice Masters can be very chessy because these are both really fast teams and they both kill in the attack step, but one wants to do it with direct damage, the other one wants to do it with overcrushing. And there's a lot of global play and a lot of thinking and a lot of forecasting and thinking about and it really was one of those cases where the player who makes the first slight error loses the yep. game. And that's exactly what happened in this case. And and it could have gone either way. It's really, it was a fun game to watch. Yeah, Iceman games yeah. are always really fun to watch. Because even though like at this point after a year, I'm getting a little bit sick of seeing Iceman <laughs> flying around, not going to lie. They're still fun games to watch because it's, 
they're both Iceman is a direct damage and he's very aggressive and can deal a lot of damage really fast, but there's a lot of just like stalling me like I, I can kill you next turn, like I'll just I'll just wait and make sure that you can't kill me and there's just a lot of that going around and it's super fun to watch because it's very hard to forecast what will be an error in one, two turns time, but that's also the difference in, in the game, which is why they're super exciting to watch, although honestly at this point a little bit stale to play in my <laughs> humble opinion but <laughs> well i think you know wand has also made it a little more fun because you're taking damage while you're doing it too so what i think too the other thing i saw with i mean obviously wand makes it a lot better than magic missile was right but steven had on his team he had thrown brick he yeah. was using he was doing the old throw it during the thing at it and the iceman team that i would have played it had the Heyman uh one bolt Right. So at least then I could do a full two damage to a person instead of taking one with the wand was was on mine. Right. And and it's different because then you don't have to buy bricks. You're just going ice man, prep, 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 spin down with techno and do as much damage as you can and, and go for it. Because at least one damage of two is going to not hurt you. Did you have both and wand and Heyman or just just Heyman? It would have been wand and Heyman. Got it. So you would take one and if you had to use if you had to go for the second or third one, right? Got Absolutely. It. And then of course I, I also would have thrown on some kind of force attack as well. Like it would have mm-hmm. been I think it had Kate and a force attack because I want to attack and block with Iceman and and take more damage right. if I can. And with Iceman, there used to be that interesting game where each player would be saving magic missiles to ping their opponent's Iceman so that they couldn't deal damage during their attack steps because there would be very little defense left on the Iceman. With Wand, how does that change that mini game that happens there? Because if you deal five damage to Iceman with Wand, you're taking five damage and <laughs> they can use their five bolts that they have stored up to deal some damage to your stuff. Or do they not want to take five damage? Like how, how does that change the whole Iceman game? Well, I think, I think it would have made a huge difference. I mean, like I said, in the game with, with Steven, he had six bolts he spun down to and he could have hit me for 12, taken six, but then he's looking, I'm going to roll a Logan that might roll an eight. Right. You know, and then now all of a sudden the end of the turn, you're like, well, I hit him for 12, but I took 14, right? Hmm. And and it's one of those, if you can time it right, you know, if I would knock out my Iceman when I play Iceman is I knock him out and just hope he rolls back again. Hit him for as much as you can, where a lot of people do the chip away damage with it. And, you know, I always go all out. I don't do long games. I want quick, get it over with and play another one. But definitely, yeah, if they reprint a magic missile... Uh, I don't even know what's going to happen with Iceman. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah, there's another be... global that's coming, isn't it? They're bringing back the, the Human Torch global? Well, they're bringing back Human Torch. I don't know about the, if the global's coming back, but definitely a, a version of Human Torch is coming back. Um, I think on... Is it a Jubilee? Jubilee? Yeah, the, again, Jubilee. another yeah. crazy, powerful Jubilee. <laughs> they love yeah, Jubilee. They, there's not a bad Jubilee out there, man. Like Ian said, they're all good. And I, I tasted that the the fire of the two costs that you were playing the wandra you know ben kaplan played it at us nats a couple of years ago it's and the three cost yeah the three cost but the the one that does two damage and it was surprisingly useful because it was removal or direct damage anything that can do both of those things is really good and like she's also got four attack for two cost and although it's a pain to field on that face that's not anything to look down on these days especially when two costs aren't as beefy as they once were reg let me ask you one thing the one card you mentioned that you didn't say you were on the fence about was that intellect devourer which i think helped you get to your logan grenmar but i'm hearing there's a couple times now i'm seeing that it might have been a kind of a double-edged sword it certainly helped steven a lot get the bolts he needed it probably helped ian get the masks he needed was it 
more harmful to you than helpful in the end? What do you think about that? Oh, I, I definitely think it hurt me. I mean, again, I, I like to share. I had seven globals on my team. <laughs> I brought for the whole world to see as well. I, I wasn't I wasn't built for uh, – <laughs> my team wasn't built for strength and length. It was supposed to be for fun. Right. And, uh, yeah, like definitely when I saw that – I mean, we'll get into game three with Ian when we played him in the round robin. But, yeah, the people would spin down their psychics all the time. And especially when I found when Eddie came out, my opponent – they looked at it when I was forced to attack. I brought the Xanathar they were using. So yes, I said they couldn't actually wait uh, before the attack step. Uh, when I forced with Eddie, they would spin down their stuff and they were using up their energy. But yeah, the people were spinning down to to sidekicks and and against uh, that that Nyla Lord Hope team. Yeah, spinning it down to give you a mask. I was kind of like going, oh. <laughs> so, but in the same way, if, if right. I didn't, if I didn't have that intellect devour, yeah. there's so many times where I'm prepping one die, turn two, rolling five, and it's like, well, I'm going to roll a sidekick probably right. was my my thinking, and it's like I have to go all in. Now there are times I didn't get five or I did get two sidekicks, and then in that turn it was okay double ramp because usually the person had Walker Elias and I would double ramp and I had eight dice next turn. So it just set me back a turn. But again, my team was more put pressure on the opponent. So they don't, they don't think about buying like the mimics and all that stuff to, to counter right. or someone had a mastermind. It's like, well, they could buy two masterminds and basically shut me down. Right. right. Uh, but that never really happened. It was more of a rush thing. So but I'll get into that in my game two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay, well, let's let's jump back to Ian. Ian, game two, Round you, I believe, two. were up against one of your fellow cohorts from Mississippi. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, it was Charlie. Well, he had a team that was like really Riddler. like the, yeah, the, the answer to your and, team uh, in some ways, right? <laughs> Danny, oh yeah, it was, he, he kind of fluctuated on his team builds. We, we'd kind of been playing around with different stuff in recent weeks and uh, he had seen how that Danny, uh, is it Danny Moonstar? Yeah, emphatic illusion casting the one that if it's blocked it re-rolls the blocking character die if, if it rolls an energy phase place it yeah. in the use pile and do two damage as if the yeah. putting the going to use wasn't bad enough <laughs> so this is uh, it's probably been a couple months i'd actually tried pairing that danny moonstar and that riddler together and couldn't yeah. just couldn't get it to work it was too slow and it was just kind of a let's see how quickly i can make this and I didn't spend a whole lot of time on it. And then I think Brooks revisited about a month ago and he didn't really spend a lot of time on it. It was more trouble than either of us. We just weren't thinking along those lines. And Charlie came back to it about two weeks ago now after the bands came out and he lost his team. I think he was planning to use Becky Lynch and Godcatcher. Wow. Okay. (laughs) He's not messing uh, around, man. (laughs) Yeah, You you guys really helped us out there, but um, yeah, uh, so he he switched over and uh, he, he went back to that and he really devoted some time to trying to, to, you know, how can I make this viable? How can I speed this up? And mm-hmm. it was re- once things hit the field, uh, it was really hard. This is why part of why I didn't realize that my team was as as punishing as it was because he was coming through there between Danny and Mimic. He had me rolling stuff, so he just his big thing was get Riddler out. And if he get Riddler out and have Danny sitting out there, then he could he could field that Mimic and he could take out my hope. And it was just I really it really gave me lots of fits and. I had trouble with it, and then he last minute stumbled onto that Thunderbird, which mm-hmm. uh, we found out again. We found out later that we played that incorrectly, which we both had very limited experience with that card. But uh, we found out later all both his and mine should have been returned to the field. Yeah, uh, with that Thunderbird, he was just returning his. But yeah, there's was very much a, a chess match. Uh, and going back and watching the stream, uh, we both realized we made some. We made some goofs in the first rounds. I, I didn't follow my purchase order and think I missed a roll, a couple of rolls. And 
uh, he did some similar stuff. But um, out, out of curiosity, what we'll we'll go over his team in just a second. But but yeah. I went, well, we're on this. What was your purchase order usually? If you had your- for some reason on that, for, I don't know what happened. I think maybe I just got too relaxed or wasn't thinking about what I was doing because we were actually in the same room with each other. Mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> we we had two tables set up across from each other. You can actually hear him on my stream a lot of times as he's talking to his opponent. But uh, I think it was just a, a case of being too comfortable. But I, for whatever reason, instead of buying Kitty Pride first, I went for Hope. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get my discount early as I would have in pretty much every other game. Right. I believe I still followed through with my uh, Yawning Portal second purchase, but um, I really can't remember because he didn't have Atlas. And that was anytime somebody didn't have Atlas, I, I wasn't able to prep everything like I wanted to. Right. But it just, it really kind of changed my purchase power not getting her first so you usually would go kitty then into the portal and then mm-hmm. get the whole engine rolling that way right yep. exactly okay so let's i'm gonna go down charlie's team here real quick just so we have it kind of in, in our mind while we talk about this he had the danny moonstar he had the mimic flying blasting slashing the great removal piece he had a Cree Captain Impact Resistant Uniform, uh, the Swarm version of the Cree Captain with the Cree Captain Global. Uh, he had Atlas, Purged of the Pen Particles for the Fist Resurrection. Well, he did have Atlas, so he did have that. So he had that. You had he had a bag reset Global there. Oh, I missed that one. He had Thunderbird Buffalo Soldier, which again is a great card to in this current meta because of the fact that. When Thunderbird is KO'd and he is X-Man, return any other non-Thunderbird character dice that were KO'd this turn to the field. So against that kind of Hope Rachel explosion, Thunderbird can bring all your pieces back. Uh And uh, there was a bunch of that happening in the tournament. Some really interesting stuff between Yort and I believe it was in Brewer, but... um, Maybe it was Jackalope Spam. I'm not sure. But there, that there was a, a crazy game going on there where there was a mirror match and Thunderbird was involved and yeah. there were like double Nihilors and it was sounded like pretty nasty. Anyway, back to Charlie's team. He had Black Widow Agent, the uh, OP that reduces damage from opposing character abilities by one. Yeah. Kate Bishop for the static field global there. The, and then the Riddler was his his win condition damage source. And while the Riddler is active, when an opponent rolls or re-rolls a die other than during the roll and re-roll step, deal that opponent two damage. Oh. And, you know, he could use that. He had this, His actions were Walk with Elias for the Heimdall Global that it has and Booker T, ringside announcer for the Pay the Shield target superstar must block. And, you know, he could really get some nasty things going with that oh, Riddler man. once he got Riddler uh, out, right? Can you talk about that a little bit, how, how painful that can be? Uh, well, I, I'll say in one of our games we played a couple of weeks ago, as he was starting to figure this out, I made the mistake of early game, I left, I think, a hope and two psychics in the field. Um, and this is, playing him is where I realized I don't need to leave stuff in the field ever. <laughs> so he, he managed to get everything out, and I, I couldn't get those three out of the field for whatever reason. And he attacked and made all three of them block Danny. And so I had to re-roll all three. Well, just re-rolling was going to cost me two per die for Riddler. Right. And so I'm down six, and then none of them came back. And so <laughs> right. that's Danny's ability. If they don't come back, if they you roll energy, you take two more damage. So I took 12 damage, uh, yeah. and I was had an empty field. I lost hope. I, I, it was, I lost all my control because of that, and it was just – it didn't take long for him to just – completely annihilate me in that game yeah lost hope no pun intended (laughs) and on the stream the only time i saw you get into trouble on the day now this may not be the case but the the games i watched and i watched a bunch of yearsy and the only time i saw you get into trouble was against charlie and i think something that like that happened and 
you yeah. know, you only had one hope and you had already bought up a lot of jubilees at that point and hope got lost in the bag for a moment. And yeah, Charlie had yeah, a chance it, there. I mean, the game was kind of hanging in the balance. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh man, I, I missed that hope. And like I said, that's, that's my control right there. That's how I get stuff out. Of, like he depends on me having stuff on the field and I like, I've got to keep it out of the field. And so once that hope got lost, I had to work hard to keep stuff out of my field. And and when you can't just KO things, that means you're going to clog up your bag really quick, especially as much as I was buying. And he was just able to capitalize on me leaving stuff out there. And if I didn't leave anything out there, he could send something through and do a little bit of damage that way. Yeah. It's, just, it's really hard. He, he took me down to one. And that last, I, I can't remember if we were at turns or what. It was very much close to time if it wasn't. And I think he knew that he only had one turn left. So he attacked with everything and I was able to, I think, send back Danny and let everything else through and just get down to one life. And then the next turn was just able to, I had enough coming out that I was able to get him down. But um, Yeah, it was interesting because it was a complicated game, a real thinker's game. It was fun to watch. Oh, man. Yeah, there, it was very much, okay, do I need to knock something out now? Do I need to wait? What can <laughs> right. I put in the field? What do I, what can I not put in the field? Uh, it was uh, all, every time I've played that team, I, I've always had to think very hard about what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Both of it's, it's the a funny very thing is exciting team though. I might try that one of these yeah. weekly dice masters events because oh, yeah, it's, it's fun once you get it to fire off. Me and like a bunch of other people in the Southern California scene, at least, kind of rode off Riddler when Green Devil Mask. Well, I don't know about other people, but uh-huh. definitely me rode off Riddler <laughs> once Green Devil Mask left the modern pool. Well, no, that, that, with Danny, Danny. even that mimic, even that mimic makes it viable. It's yeah. the downside about that mimic is. They just get to refield it next turn, most likely, while you're sitting there with you not really adding anything to your field with that mimic unless you get lucky. Well, it's funny. It's interesting about this is that, you know, for how complicated this game was, it came down to the old fashioned dice masters in terms of once hope went into the bag, that opened up a chance for Charlie to come back. And then mm-hmm. he didn't roll his Thunderbird once, and that gave you yeah. the chance to restabilize and come back for the win. So there's this old-fashioned Dice Masters in the midst of it that I, was kind of enjoyable to see. Yeah, I will say, I think, I honestly think if we had played that Thunderbird correctly, I think if we were to go back and do that, he would have had me. Interesting. Because yeah. that would have left me with more... People to um, re-roll, right? People in the field to re-roll, yeah. And, yeah, uh, interesting. Good, good opportunity for him to do lots of damage. Interesting, yeah. Huh. <laughs> Well, that's the break sometimes. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, Charlie was right in. He was hanging in there in the tournament, even though he went down this game. He was still in the running yeah. right to the well, very when, end. So I, I think when we went to top four, I was sitting number one, and he was sitting number two, and we just kind of looked at each other like, "Who in who in the world thought that, that was going to happen?" <laughs> yeah, really representing Mississippi well. You guys are yeah. doing great. Hey, Ian, I had one question for you. Yeah. When you guys were, were, were testing, how did the teams, because you had three really good teams and they were all different between you, Brooks, and Charlie's. Any yeah. statistics or were they all pretty evenly balanced? Was your coming out on top more often than uh, the other? How did, how did that all play? When it was me and Charlie, I would probably come out just slightly more than 50%. Uh-huh. But a lot of times it just kind of, like I said, I never rolled nearly as well as I did. And you you saw in the game that we played, it was just, he got me down to one. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was a one, one, nothing win there. Right. And Brooks, Brooks had that Iceman team and he was, he ran it with the wasp that has a tune. Right. And thrown brick. Mm. And so he was able to take wasp and a tune out my hope and then be, you know, keep me from blowing up the field. Right. And, uh, that was probably about the same, about 50-50 right there. Interesting. That, mm-hmm. that wasp attune team that you just talked about, that's that new card that, 
the one that's going to take over for the Human Torch. I think yeah. it's when a character ability does damage, pay a bolt and do an extra. Or yeah, something. that's yeah. mean. So if you attune and then use a bolt, you can take out those those hopes and stuff like that. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. going to be, gonna be crazy. Like that's going to be a weird card. And pair that with yeah. that Manchun. Uh-huh. That when you Manchun. use a global, you do another damage. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So suddenly you're for one bolt you're doing four damage or three damage. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, you can take out some pretty good cards that way. So So let's get back to Reg. Reg, round two. What who did you match up against and how'd it go? Uh, game two, I played against Flexi or Truby. I played mm-hmm. and he had an interesting team. I think it was the only team on the night that didn't have static field. So I was able to take a breather going, okay, it's not a rush, huge rush thing. His team though was Jubilee Rush, when it was the one when you field a bolt character, it deals damage. Mm-hmm. And and I looked at that and I said, okay, he's got Jubilee, so I can't have four bolts out in the field or I'd be dead. And he also had one of the first time I got to see one of the the blockers, the Wolfguard Terminator. He was running, and I can't remember the rest of the team because that's all he really bought in it was Wolfguards and Jubilee. Yeah, and, I've got it in front I, of me if you want me to read it down real quick. But he did have Big E, which could have been a possibly a headache to you. Well, the thing is, he didn't have Static Field though. Right. Right. So but it was more I could just let it go. And I think he didn't look at Big E when I was able to buy Logan turn two. Right. And it was kind of like he was trying to get his bolts out. And and I know, I don't know if you want to go through the rest of the team, but I, I think that was, that was the main thing. I think he did buy Big E. might have been too late. Right. He had Tyrell Sword for Hire, but that taunt globally that you had would have really hurt both of those guys, right? Right. And him not having static, which I thought he should. I mean, I think if we looked, if he had static field, it would have been even better. Hmm. So he went He went straight away. He bought, I think, two Wolfguard Terminators and two Jubilees to just go right off the bat to try right. to get them all field. And it's one of those times when I had the good luck that I got my Logan rolling and he missed the first two times with Jubilees, or I think Ooh. one rolled, and I think I blocked it with, I had a Logan out because he didn't want to hit it. And I was just waiting to get the one turn kill. And and then I looked and I said, okay, he had a couple wolf guards out. And I'm thinking, oh, I can just make one attack, but I can't get them both out. Right. And then that's where I'm very happy I brought the Dreadnought because when Dreadnought uh. comes out, I have the range to take out. And I was there just waiting. Are. I was like, okay, he's got low Terminators out. Mm-hmm. I'll just wait. And then I, uh, one turn, I, I feel the Dreadnought. And then I had extra energy because I was ramping. That's all I needed was Logan and a, and a Dreadnought, really. And I, I think I had four sidekicks. I just kept going, building a huge wide field for when Dreadnought hit. So I just wanted to run down his team because it is a very cool Truby team. It's, you know, Truby always builds kind of unique off-meta teams, kind of like you, Reg. But he's got, he had Big E, he had Wolfguard. Then that Wolfguard Terminator is really good because he's got Infiltrate and it's got the reduce all damage dealt to Wolfguard Terminator from each source to one. The problem with him is he's got a tiny butt, but he can put a hurt on some of these overcrushing teams like you had, but with having that range, you can ping him out. He had Eddie Guerrero, I steal, Jubilee, Jubilation hit, which is the one when she attacks, deal one damage to your opponent for each of your other attacking bolt characters, and he was having a lot of bolt characters. He had the Intellect of Hours, so you had two Intellect of Hours on the board. He had Tyrell to, for a little bit of protection, the Hawkman that does Intimidate, another bolt, and the Grell, Xanathar Guard, Bodyguard, who was when KO draw two dice. Prop one of them and put the other in your use pile. And one your That's player. exactly right. And then raised shields was one of his basic actions. And the other one was energy field. So I'm sorry, but anyway, so it's an interesting team, but it, not a great matchup with that dreadnought being out there. Right? No, once, well, I looked at it and I was like, how am I going to get around this wolf guard turn? Cause I could force to attack, but he would just infiltrate exactly. it. Like I, I was like, do I block it? And then that's when I was like, thank God I brought dreadnought. And that's where it's like, <laughs> you know, dreadnought could have been gone, but I sat him in the field. Cause I, 
knew everything have range. I, I actually timed it right that I didn't want to knock out his field because I wanted to have one guy left. So it's like I had six characters. I was able to spin down two of the, from I remember, I think I spun down two sidekicks. So I had just enough range damage to knock down everything to one left. And I knocked out the wolf guards and I think I left a tiny sidekick. <laughs> and then I just attacked with Logan, forcing to block it. And I think I did, I think it was 19 damage on the board. And I looked at him, I go, he's like, that's not 20. And then I saw he brought Ray's shields. And I was Ooh. like, thank you. <laughs> so, and and that, that pushed it. And I was like, it's always good, yeah. you know, when you win a match. And it's like, you brought the global. That let me win. So, and it was like, I had 19 damage board. And I was like, oh, because I spun down a sidekick. And if I would have attacked, he would have just blocked the sidekick then with that extra thing. And, and then the overcrush wouldn't have gone through. So, right. so it was exact, exact damage 20. And it was, I mean, he said he hasn't played in a long time competitively. So, and you can see he was a little rusty in the game, but, but great game, always fun. You know, we're sitting there. I don't just play the game. I always have a long conversation with people as they play and they're like, let me concentrate. And I'm like, no, I just like talking. <laughs> and it, I'm always bothering someone during the game. And they're like, what do you think about this? And they're like, shut up. I'm playing. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> so, that's, but, uh, no, ex- excellent game. He, he, he completely missed his roles on, on Jubilees. Yeah. But other than that, it, it was a one turn kill. And then once it was over, he was like, yep. <laughs> Truby's a true class act. He's a really great guy, and but he's an intense competitor. So when he's focused, he, he really wants to focus. But uh, as a community, we owe him so much for all of the technical back-end stuff that he does for the community. But he's a hell of a pilot and a good brewer, and great to have him in the tournament. He actually, again, Reg, you had a, a gauntlet because Truby also was right in there to the very end. Um, he, you were his one loss going into the fourth or fifth round. So he was in the mix for making top four as well. It so. was an ex- it was an excellent team he had. I mean, it just it just didn't roll for him or else, you know, you need four bolts and you win. Yep. Yep. And and yeah, it was really it was really good. Just yeah. I had luck on that day. That's when I knew to put I think I was again, I was about four now I was about four whiskeys down. So <laughs> at that point I was like, usually I'm at the bottom. I'm 0 2 and I build my way to get in the tops. And uh, I was like, maybe I should stop drinking. <laughs> so <laughs> at that point I was like sober up a little in the sea, but Oh, great. Well, Ian, how about you? Where were you now moving into round three? Round three. What was your next matchup after Charlie? Classic um, it was. <laughs> red, that that third game was, uh, it was Redditch, actually. Oh, it was you guys. Okay, so here it is. This was the first of two here. So how did this one go between you two guys? I mean, I think I've seen this one on stream, but I would like want to hear it from the horse's mouths, so to speak. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I, I really was not expecting what, what came out at me. I, I looked across and I, I thought what I was looking at was another version of uh, like a Thanos or something like that, which to a degree it was. I had no idea how quickly that Logan Grimnar was going to move. Yeah. yeah I, think, I think I got him turn two, wasn't it? I think oh, he came yeah, out. Yeah, it was so quick. And then I just remember sitting there thinking, I, like, I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm, if he rolls this, I'm just hosed. And uh, then he didn't. Wow, okay. And then he didn't again. <laughs> and then he didn't like two more times. <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> At yeah. which point I was like, okay, I'm rolling all right. I'm, dro- I'm actually rolling fairly well. He's rolling horrible. And I think about the time he started rolling things, I think my field was set pretty much. Yeah. Once you're set up, you're pretty good unless that hope decides to take a walk, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you got Kitty pride out or, or you had something, but I was able to force Hope to attack or it was a Jubilee and you had to use the mask to blink it back. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then with that, he had nothing in the field. So it didn't matter if I had Eddie or not. And then, of course, he sees him as I pull four out and it's like Logan's one of them. Yeah. And he just whiffed. And I was like, whiffed twice. Yeah. And then, of course, that's all I had was a Logan. 
And by not having Logan, I was able to buy more stuff. So I had two Logans then. Uh-huh. And I think I even bought two Dreadnoughts in the match. And, and nothing yeah. rolled this whole game. Yeah. And and then it came to like, okay, now he got to set up his hope combo. And I knew I was fading fast. Because I was like, yeah, he's going to Nyla lower me. But for uh, Logan, he missed a second time. And then I was, I even joked, and I was like, what's the odds I'm going to miss this time? And it was, I think I blamed, it was on stream with Ross, and I blamed Ross <laughs> during that. I said, Ross, yeah. damn you, like, I'm, if I'm on, I don't want to be on stream anymore today. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then when that third time missed, I was like, well, should have, could have, like, and I think I had one turn kill each time I would have rolled a Logan, it would have been over. Yeah, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I had any <laughs> chance coming back from that if you had managed to roll one. It's and, interesting. Uh, yeah. Maybe we can talk a little bit about the disadvantage of having two matches against the same opponent, especially if you're in a position like Reg here, who who's counting on the surprise, because the first time you were describing that, it can be surprising if and you've got to be ready for it. You've got to save so much energy, really, with Ian's yeah. team to make it work. You've got to save one to static field if it gets taunted, one to possibly at least two masks you need to save, maybe yeah. even three if things get super gnarly. And you got caught a little energy short at that one moment. Had Logan come through, he might have snuck up. And it was interesting to watch you adjust your playstyle because after that, this match and the following match that you guys played in the championship, you were more cognizant of saving at least two masks every yeah, time. Yeah, it was. I, like I said, I wasn't quite ready for it to come through that quickly. Right. And so I, you just, I was. I think I, I one of those turns. I was hoping. Surely he won't pull it this turn, and, and sure enough, he did. And I sh- like I, I was just sitting there, kind of panicking. I was like, "This, all right, I've, I've lost this game." And then, uh, like I said, he he just his rolls went south, and I, mine didn't. And that's kind of so that's really what that game was. It came down to rolls, and uh, I had him, and he did. Yep, that's that's the problem with surprise teams. You might surprise everybody else, but I will never surprise my dad because I'm the one who plays it against him. So I get to the final I'm like, cool, I'm here. Oh, no, he knows the surprise. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Okay, well, so that was round three. We'll talk more about this matchup again because we'll go in a little deeper when we get to the championship. But round four. Round All right, let's flip sides here. So, Reg, who did you play in round four? So my game four was against someone I play always in the WDA is Ryan, a raw travel. Yeah, all right. A guy from Southern California. Right. So I went into this game going, okay, now I'm two and one. I should have kept drinking because I stopped. And (laughs) and I'm like, maybe I should have just, you know, maybe the bad luck now. And so he, I saw his team and it it was very similar to the team I ran in last year's one big weekend of the the fish lap, but he had the Lita at him. Mm -hmm. And I looked at that and I go, oh, so if Lita's out, Oh, with Atlantis. Oh, you're going to get like tons of sidekicks. And, and then I saw the black widow and I'm like, yeah, he could hurt me real bad, but he had the combo out. I've, I've seen it, you know, once Lita's out, I think he hit me for six, the first, like I think it was turn three and he missed both of his black widows. I would have taken like 14 Oof, damage or something. Right. Else. And he missed both black widows. So his bag kind of got messed up a little. And that's when I was like, how can I get rid of Lita? Cause if I had make Lita attack, Mm-hmm. He just keeps a mass, blinks it back. I'm I'm in trouble. And that's when I was like, I think I said, it, and I go, well, I'm not going to force it. You're just going to blink it back. And then the next turn, I forced Lita to block, not realizing he could have just blinked back my my character that right. I was forced into attack. And I was like, he didn't see it. And yeah, thank yeah, God. Yeah. I mean, the team was fast enough that he kept something in the field. I think I actually had Dreadnought again to help out this game because I, I actually bought some Black Widows and I went for the, the damage too. And and it just was lucky that the Lita didn't come. And then once I blocked it, she didn't roll. And then he was kind of stuck because he had a ton of Black Widows 
and he only had one atlas in the in the bag and and it just it just didn't roll for him after that and it was more he knew once logan was out i i had him set up i think i range out everything but one and it was a sidekick and then it was just Good, good night, Irene. Right, <laughs> right, and that was it. But but again, if I would actually play that lead a team because I would yeah. think to actually bring Static Field and the Booker T to even have as a, a backup because once lead is out, he was rolling four dice. They're all sidekicks. If yep. he has the Atlantis, which he should, if he had a prep global, then every turn he's rolling Atlantis and four sidekicks, which means you're rolling your whole bag. He also had that Plague Marine, Vectors of Death and Disease, which I think was the only one on And it's a good card. It's got, while Plague Marine is active, your sidekick characters get plus one and plus one and are KO'd at the end of your turn. But if you can time that right, especially with Lita, who cares? They're coming back anyway, as long as you can protect your uh, Lita. That's the trick with this thing, right? Yeah. And and I mean, and I looked at the game. He was 2-1. He could have been top four if he won that match. And, and he was doing well. He said he was playing well with it. And then... You know, I, I didn't know how Lita would go against it, but I was just, again, lucky that he missed a couple rolls, didn't have his Black Widows out to be beefy, uh, to make everything else beefy, and I was just, I held on. All right, round four for you, Ian. Who did you match up against? Uh, I was against Matthew Brewer. He was running an Iceman team, right? He he had an Iceman Jubilee team with a Hope Rachel combo. Wow, that's got a lot of useful stuff that synergized oh, well together. It sounds I, like right. I, when I, yeah, when I looked at it, I wasn't really sure which way he was going to go with it. I, I can't remember which Jubilee he had. Looking back now, it was the so, Jubilation Lee. When Jubilee okay, attacks, yeah. she deals one damage to your opponent for each other attacking Bolt character, and you want to be attacking with Iceman anyway because you want to get to the attack step. So yeah. Those... So I, I knew if he went Jubilee, I, that was going to take some time to build, and mm-hmm. I knew I'd be okay. The Iceman, as you mentioned before, Brooks was actually planning to run an Iceman. So when I was looking at what was on the field, I believe he had Wand. And um, throne brick, basic action. Did he have throne brick? He had throne brick and wand, so he's using the throne brick for ramp and damage. Yeah. And and he, I, I knew that if I could set, I knew as long as I wasn't having trouble, I could probably outpace him. And he, I th- if I believe he had some rolling issues there, he just wasn't quite able to get stuff going. Uh, he did manage to get Iceman out, got him in the field, uh, was able to attack, and he did some damage with wand and throne brick. And I think he took me to eleven. Wow. Okay. Ten or eleven. But I was able to start getting my Jubilees out as well. Uh, what was interesting, though, is he also had Kitty Pride when he fielded Hope the first time he named Kitty Pride. Huh. Which I thought was interesting because he yeah. wasn't able to discount with it. Right. So I, I wasn't really sure what he was doing unless he was just trying to avoid naming Hope and let me trigger off of that. Right. So you were able to beat him to the punch to getting the Hope Rachel set up. Was that your uh, memory Well, of actually, it he, uh, he later refielded Hope and named Rachel. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking at that and i think there was a time where he triggered it and cleared my field and did some damage with iceman i think that's what he set up for right but it cleared out i think i had a jubilee or two sitting there so it let me refield them right i believe i had a that last turn going in was where i did all my damage i had i was rolling three or four jubilees and i believe i was rolling two hopes and so i was able to roll one of the hopes and since he already had Rachel names, and I, I looked like I was going to be able to get a lot of damage through. I went ahead and named Jubilee. I bought that second hope with that intention since I knew he was probably going to be naming Rachel. Interesting. Okay, cool. And so I was able to field, I think it ended up being four or five Jubilees and just doing a ton of damage that last turn. Yeah, so it's interesting. So it became a match of who had the better Jubilee for this mirror match. And yeah. it turned out yours was better because you could do your damage in the main step and he had to get to the attack step and you could exactly. wipe it beforehand. Well, interesting. Yeah. 
I don't think he was counting on somebody using the same board clear tactics as him. And so yeah. he wasn't able to do quite as much as he wanted to. Well, he was, you know, really sitting strong at that point in the tournament. I think he might have been even undefeated at that point. He, was. he also had. I, I think of uh, slightly different roles on both our parts. Like, and I could say that pretty much about every single game I played. <laughs> right. Like, if I'd rolled slightly worse and he rolled slightly better, uh, it would have been a completely different outcome. And he also had John Cena, the C Nation leader on the team, which. Had the Intimidate, and when John Cena is active, your superstar dice cannot be targeted by an Intimidate. It's just interesting to see how different people were kind of working yeah. around the same area, but doing it differently with yeah, this that whole Intimidation, I'll admit, that was, like, I could see why he put that on there. That was definitely sure. a concern I had all day long. Yeah. And I, until him, I don't think I saw anybody with Intimidate. Interesting. Okay, cool. Let's, let's jump over to you, Reg. Who are you matched up with in round five? So round five, I actually got... I would have had the loser of, I think I had Matt. Uh, it would have been either way. Uh, so he lost Ian and I played him. We were both three and one. And I was talking with Matt Brewer all day in one of the rooms between matches and how we were doing. So I knew what he was running, but I didn't tell him how I was going to play my team just in case I went against him. And so here we were, game five, knew the winner was going to go top four. I knew my strength of stage at that time was actually pretty high because most people I played were all three and one. So I knew I was, I had to win this though. Right. And I saw the hope, saw the hope, Rachel stuff, and Nyla Lorg. And I was like, oh, this Here is going to be a repeat of, <laughs> right, exactly. And I was like, hey, it's got to be a speed thing. And then I was like, or does he go Iceman? Like I had round one going, this is going to be a tough one. And came out, he got his hope, hope rolled. I think I missed my Logan the first time through. So I was in trouble. Again, I blamed Ross because I was on uh, stream again. <laughs> right. And, uh, and I said, you know, okay, this could be trouble. And he filled his hope and I, he named Iceman. And, and I was like, oh, you went Iceman. That's interesting. So she's smaller. And I, he went for some quick damage. And, and I was wondering why he didn't set up the same thing Ian did, especially if he just played on the match before, knowing he could just knock out my team and, and do damage that way. Right. So we went back and forth. And I think I was at 10 damage or, or 12 damage. It was 12 to 10 or something. And at one point, he saved, I think he had three bolts waiting to wand damage on my turn and he forced one of my stuff to attack mm -hmm. and i think he was going to block with with the Iceman and then do some damage and he forced something to attack and all i did was i spun it down with the intellect devourer yeah, so yeah. that was good so yeah. he was stuck with a bolt and and i know at one point at the turn he had his Iceman out and i had four defense i forced his Iceman attack and i had to knock it out and i knew in my bag i had a dreadnought and a logan yeah. and two sidekicks and i was just like okay so i I had the prep two dice already, so I had the energy to do the Booker T stuff, but I had to clear his field. And I was like, okay, I need it to be gone because if Iceman's there and I roll a Dreadnought the next turn, I know I'm dead with him attacking. I had to range out Iceman. And um, the turn came up. I, I rolled first time up. Both my Dreadnought and the Logan was on single energy. I cursed to Ross. I prayed to the gods there. <laughs> and I did the reroll, and it's like they both hit level two. And I had the two energy. They were both sidekicks. I was able to spin or something. It was. It was perfect that I was able to to field the Logan, who was an eight five, and the Dreadnought was a five something. And I had exactly thirteen damage to do the lethal. Yeah. So it came down to that final because he had an Ice Man sitting there waiting <laughs> to come out, and and I had to, you know, I, if I didn't roll both, I would have been dead. Yeah, it was super close, and and there were a couple of moments in that thing. I I thought he was actually pretty clever about when he first fielded that hope. Obviously, he was trying to set up the hope Rachel combo, but I from watching the game, it seemed like he realized he didn't have there was no other X Men on the board. 
So at that point, if he names Rachel, it won't fire off even if she gets KO'd. But if he names Iceman and then he used your Booker T to make you block to try to take two damage, and then he was able to KO it that way. So it was kind of a clever little thing. He was intentionally going to bring it back as Rachel, I think, later on. And then I think if my memory serves me correct, there was a moment where you were blocking with three characters in Iceman. And yep. you were wondering what that damage was going to be. You you guys eventually resolved it correctly. Each of those guys would have triggered two yeah, damage. Was, and there's because 15 blockers, I would take 30 damage. You would take 30, exactly. Because the, the KO doesn't happen until after all the damage is calculated anyway. So Th- That was the point I was down to six life going, oh, well, I guess I went all in on this one. And, and I mean, in all honesty, though, if I didn't, I don't think I would have had enough to do the range damage to knock everything out right. and get the, the damage through. So. I knew I had to take out the Iceman. It was but a super that clever foresight play. is what, what definitely makes it such a well-played game on your part. Yeah, you know? because 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 Dreadnought's great, but he's not good against Iceman, man. He's a liability, but if you can get that Iceman out of there, then he can do his thing, right? Yeah, and I mean, I remember after that match, I think it was on the Twitch, I, I got like, my inbox went nuts of everyone was like, you made top four, and they were all like, I guess that's when I started noticing I had a little bit of a cheering section. <laughs> and, and they were all like, wow, that was an incredible game. And I was like, really i didn't do much except sobering up you know <laughs> and i had the wife waiting and it's like game five they're like reg we need pizza no, that and was... i'm like yeah i know i need to take a break now or something <laughs> and i'm like but i'm i'm rolling good right now you know i don't usually do that <laughs> so so, so reg ran out for pizza and, That's right. <laughs> and Ian, what, what you had one more match. Who was your final match against? Uh, Elliot was my final match. Elliot, okay. Elliot, a great young player. Let's go over his team really quick. He was playing something we also saw a little bit over on the Euro side. Peter Vanderbilt was playing mm-hmm. a similar version of, of a Deadpool team. Do you remember all the cards on it, or do you want me to... Uh, you might want to go through it. I can remember a little bit, but not all of them. Well, his main win condition was Deadpool were X-Force, which yep. when Deadpool is blocked, he gains plus 3A and Overcrush. And he also comes with a global, which is pay a fist, deal two damage to target blocking character die. So he's got this built-in goal, but he's a great card, a, a real good substitute for Becky, really. And mm-hmm. then he also, of course, brought Bizarro, which mm-hmm. has the global pay a shield, switch a character's dies A and D until the end of turn. And Deadpool on his level three has that nice big fat 7D. So that synergizes really well. He had Eddie Guerrero, I steal to stop the static field. He had Gazer Evil Familiar, Intimidating One Gazer, and he had Supreme Intelligence with the Global, Pay Two, and once per turn you can move a die, purchase cost two or less from your use pile to your prep area, so that he could get those Eddies when he needed them, or the Gazers when he needed them. Uh, He had Danny, Moonstar, Emphatic Illusion Casting, the one that uh, Charlie had on his team as well, so he could also move that with the Supreme Intelligence Global. He had the Atlantis City and Stronghold. Another two cost, which is move any number of dice you roll during your roll and re-roll step from your reserve pool to your prep area. And also the nice sidekick prepping and fielding fist shield global. Mm-hmm. And then he had a good old Phantom Stranger, who we, a couple people brought. Johnny uh, Pink Frankenstein also brought this card. It's really a strong card that doesn't get enough love, I think. Anyway, while well, Phantom Stranger is active when an opposing character die attacks, the opposing character die deals one damage to all other opposing characters. He had Booker T, ringside announcer, for that pay a shield, target superstar, must block with Deadpool. And then, of course, he had Booker T's best friend, Jerry Lawler, who yeah. has the pay a fist, target blocked, or blocking superstar die, deals double damage, uses his ability only once a turn. But he was using it quite well. How did that match go with you? Oh, that was uh, that was easily the worst match that I, I had all day. I did not roll... I did not roll well at all until maybe the last two or three turns of the game. 
Elliott was solid all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that team you just described was, uh, I didn't, I, I mean, I, I saw elements of it, uh, you know, like the, the Booker T and the Jerry Lawler definitely saw that on other teams. I did not see a Deadpool or a Bizarro anywhere else. Those are the only, only ones I saw the entire day. Now he went for that Danny Moonstar. That was his first purchase. Cool. And, you know, when you got the force block out there, that's a, a strong purchase. He was able to, uh, well, I don't think it worked as well as he thought it would because I wasn't rolling anything for my first several <laughs> turns. My, my field stayed pretty empty. Right. So he was able to eventually reach for that Deadpool without really any trouble at all. And by the time I was able to start fielding characters, I feel characters, but I would not get the energy that I needed. So uh, I would have a hope and maybe uh, a Kitty Pride or somebody out there, but no masks to do anything with. I was shut down basically from the rolls and he uh, was able to capitalize. I think he was able to use that Bizarro Global once or twice. So even though he didn't get to use Overcrush with his Deadpool, yeah. I mean, you flip that on a level three, it's coming through at seven. Yeah. And I mean, it's a purchase cost of four. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, you don't need to discount that at all to make that turn two purchase. So he was consistent damage, steady damage all the way through, and I, I was doing nothing. I finally started rolling some stuff towards the end there, but he got me down to one, and we went to turns. And he was, let's see, in uh, Swiss, it was zero to three, mm-hmm. and he was turn two. So he got me down to one, wasn't quite able to finish me. Uh, I think on my last turn, I was able to get him maybe from 14 to 6 or something like that. I was able to do significant damage, but not anything what I needed to get to. Yeah, wow, interesting. And the fact that you guys tied, and it sounds like one heck of a game, you know, shook up. There was a couple people. I know Truby was down there hoping to make it in. There's other couple people that made it in. And and, uh, it's funny because other people were like, did they intentionally draw? And I was like, no, man, I've been watching the the, the stream gun. They Uh, were fighting tooth and nail, right? I'm my nails the whole way through because I looked at the school board. I knew where I was going into it, but I was like, you know, if I lose this, there's a lot of other people that are going to end up with the same win record as me. Right. And I don't know where I'm going to fall out on the strength of schedule. And but this could be this could just all this work and I could easily fall out here. Yeah. Elliot is one of our great up and coming young players. Just played great. Man, he, uh, uh, I, was, I was incredibly impressed with him because he, he didn't rush himself at all. Like mm-hmm. he, he, every turn was well thought out and very deliberate in what he did. Like it was, I, I looking back, like, I mean, like I said, Charlie and I talked about it. Like, you know, we see, I could see where he made mistakes. I saw where I made mistakes, but I don't know that Elliot could have done anything. Like he, I think he played his game perfectly. Yeah. He, I saw him match up against uh, raw travel and raw travel made one mistake and boy, Elliot oh. made him pay for it. And it was over yeah. quickly. It just, you know, he's a sharp player and some, and somebody to watch out for going forward. Final round. So on to top four at the end of Swiss, Ian, you were our leader. Followed by your friend Charlie in second place. Yeah. Reg, you were third, and Elliot rounded yeah. out the group in fourth. So, Ian, you and Elliot had a rubber match right away. That's interesting. Reg, why don't we start with you and hold the suspense on the rematch between Elliot and Ian? Okay. Well, so I had to go up against uh, Charlie, and mm-hmm. I could hear them as they were playing in there. We were, we were talking. <laughs> I could hear the other match was going on as well. That's interesting. And I, I had no idea what Charlie was running. And I saw the the Riddler, and I cursed that. Thank God he doesn't have the green devil mask and stuff like that. So, and I was like, all right, I have no idea. And again, because I didn't play too competitive about the Danny Riddler, I didn't know the whole combo. So we start off, I same what you know by order of buying Eddie, and then I got a Logan out, a couple sidekicks, thinking, okay, this is going good. And then he had his Riddler. Danny came out, 
and I kept forcing his Riddler to attack. And at one point, he forced both of my sidekicks to block with uh, the Booker T Global. Ooh, right. And and then I sat there and I was like, oh, these are probably not going to come back as characters. And instantly I was down eight damage. Oh, and and that's right. when I looked at the clock. Okay, we're about 15 minutes in already. <laughs> and, and, and at this point, I was like, oh, that puts me down eight. I, I Maybe I should just end this one quick to try to get a second game to try to get a full time in. And I was like, I can't take eight damage that fast. And then I, I kind of did a look on the, the team link, and I noticed he didn't have a lot of beefy stuff. And that would be his only downfall as team. He didn't have a lot of beefy stuff that I did totally pivoted the team from having a field waiting for Logan to he wants to keep his Riddler in the field. And every turn I started saying, force that Riddler to attack, making him waste the mass that he would have. And, and having as minimal a field as in mind. And every turn just forcing stuff to attack. And, and that started working. I was then able to get the one Logan I needed. And he wasn't able to buy too much because he was blinking stuff back. I had Logan and a Dreadnought. And I just waited for the right turn for them both to come out because he couldn't force nothing to attack to, to do any damage with if I had nothing in the field. And right. then one turn, I had Logan and Dreadnought hit with a couple energy and that was game one. It was, I, I came back and then I, I thought totally I was gone. It was, I think it's on video, but I think turn three, I have four energy <laughs> and I don't know why I didn't buy an Eddie. And I just sat there and I was like, I passed and I had four energy. And I was like, what the hell was I doing? And, <laughs> and then at that point, cause I, I think I missed the Logan role right. and I was just dumbfounded. I was like, I, I passed with four energy in my, Cool, right. I can't do anything with. Yeah. And then I was like, all right. So I just reset the bag going, okay, get one out, Logan, Dread, and that's all I need. And and I just timed it right. And then uh, once that was done, I think game two went out. He knew I was going to have nothing in the field. And he went for, I think, Mimic early. And and I was like, Mimic's going to do nothing because I'm not having anything in the field again. Interesting. And I just waited. I left an empty field. I think I swung for 12 with my characters rolled. And then I think I an overcrush 12 and then I did an overcrush 16. I had the, the rush of Logan came out. He couldn't do anything. That's interesting. It's kind of the rope-a-dope strategy against that team because that team yeah. needs you to put things in the field. And if you don't do it, it's kind of like bloat drone teams, right? You know, if you don't put things out, then, or if you just swing through with them right away. You know? well, and, and that's where I used the, I had to have just one Andre the Giant and yeah. um, and one Dreadnought. That's all I really needed. The rest was, I'm ramping Xanatharin twice. My turn, his turn. And I, I don't even know if he had... I think he also had Heimdall, I think, or maybe at Walker Elias, but I was just ramping like crazy and it was just waiting until the right turn when two things rolled in and then just swung. Oh, that's cool. I, I really like Charlie's team and, and I want to congratulate him for making top four and say well played. And it's cool in the counterintuitive mindset though, you know, like, you can't get me if I don't do the thing that I need to do to win until I actually have it on the table. If I don't do anything, you can't kill me. That's right. Yeah, and once it was fun. done, he was kind of stuck, which is a good segue into the final I have. But right. so, so Ian, uh, so let's let's get into the rubber match here between you and Elliot. So, how did yeah. that go? Well, uh, before that, uh, Ridge, let me just tell you how incredibly frustrated Charlie was with you just in the same room with you, and what, when you figured out exactly what to do, he just kind of looked at me and hands up in the air and. <laughs> like he, that, that was it but uh going into elliot like i, I it, what he had didn't really change how i was going to play because i knew how to beat it i knew i needed to keep a lean field i knew i needed to either be able to blow up the field or use that static field global but i just I had to roll yeah. and I, I did roll better well enough in that first game to where I, I don't think he got me below 10 he just 
wasn't quite able to keep everything he needed out there. I think he started reaching for Gazer in this game and was able to intimidate, but he wasn't able to keep me from using Static Field. He had a hard time finding that balance in that game. Interesting. So that, that game wasn't... I wasn't as worried in that game once my rolls started coming through. Uh, I was worried that I would have a repeat and not roll. That was very much on my mind as we started the game. Sure, sure. We, did you end up getting more than one Kitty Pride to get more masks, or was she one, uh, one no, of sufficient? I, I think I just left her alone with just one. My, my big worry on the day was, assuming I was rolling okay, was just my bag, because I wanted those Jubilees coming through, and I knew that everything I bought that wasn't Jubilee was going to slow me down. Yeah. And I knew as soon as I started blowing up the field that, you know, any sidekicks I may have fielded earlier to thin the bag would, they would return to the bag and I would have a hard time keeping Get through. Clean. Yeah. And all it, all it takes on that game, if I miss every Jubilee one turn, I, like I'm just... I'm in for a world of pain. Right. Um, or if they have a way to get your hope out of the field somehow. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that like, could be and a he had that Danny. So that was a very real possibility. Like I, I needed to make sure that I, and the thing about Danny is it doesn't matter if you static field or not, you've blocked, you've got to re-roll that thing. So there were times where I was having to just go ahead and KO hope just so that he wouldn't, he wouldn't have me re-roll her. Right. Right. Interesting. So you took game one and, and how did game two go in that one? Uh, game two slowed down a good bit. Like I said, we're, we're kind of, these games, we're, we're definitely thinking and taking our time. So that game, again, we went to turns and I was well ahead on life counts so that he never, he wasn't, he wasn't able to take the win and I, I wasn't able to get him to zero before we got to turn. To 50 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But turn at the end of turn five, I was, I was ahead on the life count. So I was able to take the win that way. Well, I want to salute Elliot for fighting hard and valiantly and piloting mm-hmm. really superbly all day long. Really, like I said, to somebody to keep an eye out on. And and yeah. that brings us to... <laughs> All right, so Reg and Ian, you guys squared up for one, well, I should say three rounds or three games, but it, this is not a great matchup for you, Reg, and you've already got a little taste of it. What were you thinking going in? I mean, I know on the stream there was a lot of talk like of this being an uphill battle for you. But uh, you did have some hope, and there was, you know, some drama in this. We had mentioned it a little bit about that mastermind and, and range damage. What were you thinking going into this, Reg? Well, I mean, first go in the final. I know earlier. I know I could have a chance, like because in that game three, I had the chances, mm-hmm. and it was just a matter of force him to attack. And maybe if I had a Scott Hall, it would have helped more. I could have forced Morsa to attack. But right. once I knew he had two mass, I knew I'd be in trouble. Of course, the game went the last time he bought Kitty Pride, then he went Hope. And I was like, okay, I can have a chance if he whiffs on Hope or something. But again, in two out of three, I knew it probably wouldn't be the good choice. I think he opened up game one, he went with Mastermind, yeah. uh, and then he went with the Hope Kitty stuff. And I was like, so now I got to deal with the Mastermind <laughs> as well. Right. And, and I'm pretty sure I missed Logan, I think, again the first time through which let him set up. And I, I think I bought a dreadnought. And then the second time through it hit. And that's when we had, he had a mastermind in the field. He had a couple of things and I had like four or five characters. And I think I could have done the range damage for, I think it was up like 15 or 16. I could have done, but that's not 20. So right. I think I held back saying, okay, he's probably going to KO stuff and it'll take me a while to get my stuff back. I just took 10. I think I did to him. And then the next turn, that's when I think hope hit he had all this stuff out. He had an X-Men character out as well. And then that, at that point, I was like, man, I need a big field. And it was just, I think it was like I was in Groundhog Day. It was the <laughs> same turn. It was it was over and over. And, and I mean, I was sitting there going, I don't even know what I can do around this because he's rolling mass like a champ. Yeah. 
I was waiting and waiting every turn, I think to the point where I was, I was fielding it. Stuff was rolling, mm-hmm. uh, but I was buying, I had two Logans, I think, and a Dreadnought in game one. And I mean, it's it, the same, both, we don't have to go through both games because it was basically the same thing. It, it, he did the same stuff and I was stuck waiting for, waiting for Jubilee to hit. But right. I think it was at one point, it was during the second game, I, I think I started fielding my stuff to the KO section. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I mean, I know I was salty. I, I said I was trying to flip my token and my token didn't have the swear words on the back of it. And, and I mean, the only swear words I really got out was from my my PG name in the uh, the challenge. But but I, I tried everything and I was looking going, I don't have anything. Like if I had an Isrid horn, it, right. it would have been something different, but then I wouldn't have had Eddie. And well, you had static fields. So you needed Istrid and Eddie to get through the double layer of protection, right? So right. And, and and both of you were actually rolling pretty charmed. I mean, but Ian, you were incredibly charmed at that point. You were hitting oh, man, yes, everything yes. you needed, right? Like that's probably the best rolling I've ever done. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I might have had a game or two at Worlds where I rolled that well, but it was never have I rolled what I needed that that many times in a row. I will say that that first game, Reg had me worried because I, like I said, I misunderstood that mastermind, and mm-hmm. he came in attacking at one point. And what saved me was he had exactly he did exactly the amount of range damage that cleared my field. Yeah, pinged out that mastermind, and then I think I had maybe a couple of sidekicks, and he had he did five range, and I think it took all of it out. If he had had one less character, he could have left one of those sidekicks, and I. <sighs> Like I wasn't even ready for it. Like I said, yeah, I don't. I don't think I had the the shield and the fist as well though. Right, I rolled that was the everything. issue. Yeah, and that that's what I needed. And then if I had that, I wouldn't have had the extra characters, or else I would have spun down a sidekick. It was just a matter of should I have done the sixteen or fifteen, whatever it was, and and hope Logan comes back. Yeah. It was a really interesting moment because also you know, like you said, you 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 weren't necessarily wrong in again that that ruling is still hanging out there. But that was you know uh, when well, you run I, these tournaments, you just kind of yeah. have to. Like, no, I, I like I said, I think that the way you thought it through, it like that, that makes perfect sense to me, and I. I feel like if we get a ruling, that's going to be the ruling on it. I think, you know, but they keep changing. I, w- I always liked the, while this character is engaged, because that seems clear to me, but I, it used to throw confusion back in, in the day. So I think that's yeah. why they changed the wording on it. But I think this just created more confusion again. Yeah. It's like, it, if, it's, if, they wanted it, if they wanted it the way I was reading it, I, they, I would think they probably would have put something during the combat step. But, um, yeah, or the, the attack step. Yeah. Or attack step, yeah. yeah. But I think, I, mean, I think you guys are right in that combat refers to being engaged. If, if anyone from WizKids is listening, just, just take this to heart. If a text seems too short, like there's just not <laughs> enough there, maybe try expanding it a little because there's something, the there's something the missing. Even if it's a vanilla card, you should still try expanding the text a little bit. There's just not enough there. Well, there is a Joppa. I, you know, I, there's these two Joppas. There's one uh-huh. Joppa that basically is stops Overcrush when he blocks yeah. or while he's engaged. And then there's the other one that takes no damage from characters who are equal or lower level yeah. than him at all times so he's sort of what i'm in my mind that kind of indestructible all yeah. the time kind of guy yeah, well, which makes him really good doesn't, doesn't one of them say well blocking or while yeah well blocking yeah, yeah. so that's blocking and one's from yeah like equal or low level and i really wanted that one but i i didn't have any way to make sure he was spun up so right right yeah he, and then you're just luck relying on luck so yeah. 
You guys, I wanted to say thank you guys for coming on and talking shop with us here. This was interesting to hear about people's paths to to the top table. And, you know, we saw a lot of interesting teams throughout the day. We saw a lot of different archetypes, which I think is really cool. And I think it's cool that, you know, we had these two, you know, one, a very controlly kind of grind you down very carefully thought out team and then we got Reg's like I'm gonna beat you with some really cool piloting in your face you know good old rock'em sock'em crank back and swing as hard as I can team and 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 it's neat to see these two archetypes work and and how it kind of they they made their way through the tournament on the day so thank you for taking the time and coming out today yeah my pleasure thanks for having us on is there anything else you'd like to well you got the well you have the floor I, I always give my my guests a chance to say their piece well <laughs> shout from the rooftops while you're on the top I, I, if I can, I'll do a moment of uh, from. Actually, I watched one of the games, and I'll do it to my DM North boss, uh, Mr. Jordo. Uh, if anyone, I think he has it on his Twitch channel. But you want to see a classic game? He played Elliot in one of his games, and a classic Jordo move he does at the end of it. If anyone wants to watch, I, I won't uh, say, but Jordo did a brilliant move in one. <laughs> I'm great. sure he'll be chuckling when he hears this. But he, great, great, yeah, great! It's always good when you lose with your own globals. So. <laughs> Well, That's a bit of a spoiler right there. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, sorry, I had to say. Well, we know he didn't win because he wasn't top four. But uh, <laughs> you know, and the other callouts I do say is to our team um, from the DM North. It was nice. Uh, surprised Laurie wasn't in it, but Super K Kim, uh, you know, my partner from playing Dice Masters in the Great North. She was in the tournament. Unfortunately, she had a she left the tournament a little early with some stuff that I heard she's she's safe. They had a car accident. Uh, and the family. So she's all safe and everything's good. But I always say, you know, we're always hoping that the DM North team get as far as they can in tournaments. Yep. And it was nice to see that at one point, I think me and Jordo and Kim were all top two and oh, I think we were all. So it was nice to see. Yeah. And I want to say, you know, a big shout out to Kim. We all, it was a, you know, you could hear the giant collective gasp across the country. It's funny. I was watching uh, Ross on his stream and he had the exact same reaction that I did. Cause I was like typing and trying to get the next rounds up when she made that announcement. And I was kind of like half in typing and it didn't quite hit me. And then it, I literally kind of like shook my head like a bobblehead. And I was like, what with the car accident, dice masters, what's happening here. And it turned out that her, you know, husband was in an accident with her kids in the car. So, I mean, everybody was really worried and I guess the cars totaled, which is, um, I'm, Really sorry to hear that, but uh, thank God everyone seems to be okay mm-hmm. otherwise. So what's really well, Once I heard everything was safe, I also went and I saw the, uh, sometimes I play in the dice fight and there's one of the guys that plays, I think, out of his cab. Right. And that's what I thought. I was like, now that we heard everything was safe, I was like, was she playing in her car? <laughs> Never <laughs> dice masters like, like and the drive, one guy man. In the dice fight, He plays in the back of his cab and I think he had a passenger one time. <laughs> so that, that should have been a joke on yeah. dice, not back in the day. Don't, don't dice, dice and masters, drive. Don't dice masters and drive. That's <laughs> don't drive dice mastering whatever <laughs> all right guys well thank you again so much and we've got a big announcement coming stay tuned for that and i'll just tell you this save the weekend of june 20th if you like dice masters don't go fishing if that <laughs> makes any sense got it. Yeah. well and the, the other thing i want to say ian that was a great tournament congratulations to you yeah oh, congratulations uh, ian. first time playing you it'll be nice to see you. and all the guys i played first time it, it was a great great weekend thanks for button on arch it was uh it was a lot of fun i hope yeah. everybody had a good time be there absolutely yeah i just hope everybody had a good time that's the real thing is uh, you know if we get a little bit of relief from this 
crazy world we're living in right now and get a chance to roll dice with some new people and have a laugh. That's all you can ask for, really. Uh, yeah, we, we loved it down here. Once it was all over, Charlie and I just looked at each other and uh, we, just, uh, we just spent several minutes talking about how much we enjoyed just the whole atmosphere of it. I mean, it's it's hard to beat something like that where everybody you play is just uh, super nice and just enjoying the game. And that's all it was really about. Sweet. Sweet. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, another event and another episode in the can, Mawak. We hustle you. Stay tuned for more info on the online Roll Some Thunder Digital Dice Masters event. But mark your calendars now. If you like what we're doing, give us a rating or a review and feel free to become a Patreon. We only need three more to give away a super rare gobby. For the price of a Kit Kat, you can get a shot at that cackling madman. <laughs> Shall we hit it and quit? We are doing on Boharul. My galore, may you out-scheme your own ambitions. Slangafold! Well, that's the end of turn five, my friends, and it's time for the final clear. We hoped you enjoyed today's show. You can find us at rollinthunder.xyz without a G or an apostrophe, where you'll discover all the links necessary to listen or subscribe to the show. You can also reach us by email at arge or lucan at rollinthunder.xyz. Our theme music was created by Jesse Weiner. We're in no way affiliated with WizKids, other than we love and celebrate the game of Dice Masters. So keep on rolling, August Narlagajia the Lao. We'll be talking again in two weeks' time with another guest. So stay tuned. Enough said. We got other more stuff to do. No, you, you, no, no, listen to me. Listen to me. I have load of math homework. No, listen, listen, listen. Let to me, me finish. The no, 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 listen.